So, uh, welcome everyone to our regular Monday live stream going out 8 p.m. GMT, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and whatever on earthly hour it is in um, the uh, Pacific, uh, Pacific Standard Time. Aloha to those watching us out there. So, hey, listen, so as always, we are broadcasting across the known universe and indeed some parts of it which we've only just discovered uh twitch being part of it so we're we're basically facebook twitter uh rumble getter uh odyssey daylife yeah yeah everywhere except youtube and i'm not prepared to broadcast there because i'm not going to have a bunch of crypto fascists in youtube tell me what i will or what i won't talk about and uh, especially the conversation we're going to have this evening with our special guest, uh, undoubtedly we will be talking about things that they will probably, you know, will hurt the fee-fees of those running YouTube. So I'm not wasting my time uh, with YouTube. Don't need YouTube. Don't care. Uh, so uh, just a, a warm welcome to those joining. I can see you over there on, on the Getter stream. Hi, Chris, Lee, Melissa, Brookie, Republican rocker. Well, talking to rockers, we've got... We've got a, an awesome uh, singer, vocalist, uh, musician joining us in a second or two. So, um, yeah, so you're all very welcome. Thanks very much for, for, for tuning in. And uh, as I say, we, you know, we try to cover so much stuff here. And sometimes, sometimes it gets a, a little bit wearisome. I'll be honest with you. Um, the last couple of days, you see this whole Gary Lineker, just garbage stuff. Um, it's, it's depressed me. It's absolutely depressed me. So I'm hoping that I can cheer myself up over the next 60 minutes because I don't care about distractions. You know, uh, distractions take us away from the important stuff. And what we're going to talk about is the important stuff uh, tonight. So without any further ado, uh, he's sitting patiently in the, uh, in the green room. So let me bring our special guest uh, on screen. And that, of course, is Matt Hoy. Uh, hi there, Matt. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well, Matt. All the better for seeing you. All the I just got to say, Dave, what a lovely green room you provided for me today. Oh, yeah, it's listen. We, we don't spur any expense, Matt. We, I can tell. Do, do you it's, know like, you it's like home from home, in fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we recreated it so you'd be happy. Oh, by the way, folks, you can follow Matt. Uh, there's all his uh, social media stuff floating underneath the screen. If you don't already know Matt, I hope a lot of you do know Matt. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can see the UB40 lines coming in already here. Yes. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I haven't got any red, red wine. I, instead, I'm compromising with a cough, a black, black coffee. Good so there man. you go. I'll stick with the water as well. Yeah, I think so. Thanks yeah, you put, dive. yeah, yeah. N never drink and podcast is a lesson, Matt, that I thoroughly recommend. Although I don't well, know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, just, just as I was saying there before you come in, I mean, I, I, I know this is secondary to what we're going to talk about, but, but you can't have lived in the UK the past couple of days and not been caught up in the, oh, Gary Lineker, BBC, free speech, not BBC, Tories or Nazis, whatever it is. I mean, yeah. what do you make of that, Matt? Oh, Lineker. Um, I think, I mean, it harps back to your, what your intro speech said it, it is it's a diversion tactic you know and for me i i kind of am in the same mindset as you i can't be bothered with giving my time to diversion tactics when there's more important things to be discussed 
we all know that the, you know, the mainstream media do these things from time to time to kind of take our eyes off the ball. Fortunately for us, over the last three years, we've kind of clocked onto this. So as soon as they start doing something, we're going, actually, what they're really talking about. And we all start researching what we should be looking at, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it's completely, if we are going to talk about it, I think it's absolutely hypocritical um, of the BBC and Gary Lineker and, and, and Wright and was it not Steve Wright? That's Radio 2. Ian Wright, yeah. Ian Wright, yeah. Because of the situation they were under when they were at the World Cup in Qatar, you know, there were so many issues with yep. immigrants and people working illegally and, and, and nobody cared. One instant, they all went out there, they all got their paycheck um, and they yep. all said thank you very much and came home. So for me, that's about as far as I go with it because I really yeah. couldn't care less, you know. You know, I'll tell you, Matt, the only other thing I would add to that, and as I say, I, I completely, I think we're on the same page in this one, but I do remember that Gary Lineker, Ian Wright and Alan Shearer were very mm -hmm. keen on pushing the jabs. I remember oh. that they all they all did that. They were very keen to tell people, I mean, I've got the video clips of Alan Shearer saying, you know, basically take one for the team. Uh, you know, if you want to go and see your favorite footy, make sure you're fully jabbed. And to me, that's the unforgivable thing about these people, Matt. That. It, is. it really is. It really is. And it's like people seem to forget that these people have blood on their hands as well from doing that. You know, it's it's all well and good at the time. Because I think what it is, is these people that are in that situation, whether they're like way up in whatever companies they work for, i.e. The, the BBC, as we're talking about this, is that they've got away with things for so many years at the beginning of this COVID thing, for them, it was just, oh, what, what's the next plan? Oh, this is what we're talking about now. It's just like going through the motions of each narrative. that they, And they thought they were going to get away with it. Um, I don't think each of them are as confident now, the way things are starting to unfold, um, yeah. about whether they're going to get away with it so much. I actually watched that um, Alan Shearer one this morning. And yeah. it's just, it's appalling, you know. It's, I mean... It's, he's not even a doctor. He's a football player telling people to go and get a vaccine. You know, what does what does he know about vaccinations? I mean, he's not even a vaccine. It's a jab. It's like, you know, yeah. please, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder if anyone took his advice and took the jab, Matt, and had an adverse reaction or worse, could they sue Alan Shearer? That's what I'd like to know. Because, um, you know, as you said, these people weren't met him, weren't doctors they were no position uh but the one the thing i liked about his is a man he read it out so badly off the auto cue like it, was, <laughs> it was really bad wasn't it <laughs> yeah no hey listen we'll, we'll not waste any more time on the, on the on those things no what i wanted to chat to you about as someone who's in the music industry and who knows it and how it operates is is something that uh, was announced a, a few weeks back uh, and that was, uh, I think we're going to bring it up on screen here. Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, oh, the, the, the Giants, Bono, Pink. And they're going to have a livid, or is it livid, a livid yeah. gig for Ukraine uh, this, uh, I think it's July, to pile pressure on Putin with Pink and U2 set to perform at Wembley. And so back then, Matt, they're talking about, I don't know, they've, they've asked, I noticed, by the way, very careful here, they've said this, Greats, including the Rolling Stones, the Killers, uh, Pink, uh, they've all been uh, asked to to do this gig at um, uh, at uh, wherever it is. Oh, well, Wembley. So, yeah. so I saw that and was immediately felt queasy and sick. Jumped on Twitter 
And what you you actually, Matt, you're one of the first people you saw whose reaction I really sat up and listened to. So tell us, tell the folks listening uh, all around the world, what what, what did you think of this, um, you know, uh, Live Aid Part Two? Well, if I'm being brutally honest, when I first saw it, I actually thought it was a joke. I actually thought it was a joke. I mean, it's that badly put bad. together. You know, the, 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 yeah. the cover of the newspaper is so bad. Um, and it, it just, it's that one line that made me laugh. It's like they're trying to put pressure on Putin. You know, I'm sure Putin shit himself, you know, because Bono and the Pink are on stage singing some songs, you know. Um, I mean, Bono, Jesus, he, he'd turn up to the opening of an envelope, wouldn't he? Do you know what I mean? He, he's he's fully in with this whole clique. They're like... Um, yeah, they're like the usual paid, like faces and soulless entities that they always call on yeah. to do all these types of shows. Yeah. Um, it's 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 sad in a way. I mean, I mean, in some respects, somebody put like a, a poster on the other day, and, it, and it, what was it? What was it? He said, "Now fighting for peace is like screwing for virginity." And yeah. this yeah. is what this is like to me. I mean, back in the day, at least um, Live Aid we were all kind of duped into the fact that we thought, you know, that this is for a good cause and Geldof yeah. was doing it for the right reasons. And yeah. All yeah. of it, you know, but this is like to fund arms for war, you know, I mean, and who in the right mind is going to want to pledge money to give to war? You know, it's, it's ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. And I think from the way things have gone, like the, the footage that we've seen over the last year, in Ukraine, I mean, it's like it's all green screen. The the amount of actors that have gone out there, like Sean Penn and Ben Stiller, and you know, mm. it, it it begs belief. You know, when when Sean Penn went out there and took a, an Oscar for him to look after until the war was over, I mean, it's like vomit inducing. You know, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've never I've never seen a war in history no. as cool as this one. It's like they can stop it and start it whenever they feel they want to do it. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing, I think, is an absolute joke. And to have it on as well, the same weekend as Glastonbury, I don't think they'll be able to give the tickets away, to be fair with you. Well, well yeah, we were just chatting, folks, before we came on air uh, uh, about the fact that this is scheduled to be at Wembley on the, I think it's a Saturday, it's a middle Saturday, it's a Saturday when Glastonbury uh, is also happening. And I think, Matt, this time Elton John is giving his farewell uh, concert, uh, which I assume will be on that Saturday night, I would have thought. So so I'm wondering, uh, who, I mean, how are they going to get, how are they going to get them shuttled? Maybe they'll fly, maybe they'll fly them from Wembley, Wembley or to, from Wembley to uh, Glastonbury. But yeah, it's almost like it's set up to fail. And here's the other thing, Matt. Ukraine has had 150 billion in, in, mm. in, you know, in, in monies. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking, well, they don't really need, I would, I mean, I don't really think they're, they're, they're they need this necessarily, but yet no. it's been no. put out as, uh, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, going on to that, I mean, this is the real, uh, for me, the, the real, um, the real side of it that hits home because it's like, well, like you've just said, that the, the, the billions that they've received through all of this and then, in the UK, well, not just the UK, but globally, but just I'm just talking about the UK for now. Mm. You've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are vaccine injured that nobody is recognising yep. or nobody yep. is talking about. Yep. Um, and, and out of these vaccine injured people, um, a lot of them have lost their homes. 
A lot of them have lost their livelihoods because they can't work anymore. And also you have to remember that there's people out there that when they tried to mandate the vaccine, that people lost their jobs then and yep. lost their homes. Yep. Um, there's thousands of people living on the streets, homeless at the minute, suffering. Um, I mean, I've seen the news reports locally of people living in, you know, a council accommodation. There's mould up the walls. There's, yeah. You know, where where is the where is the funding? Where is the concert to look after our own people? But yeah, you know, I, I don't mean to sound horrible because I think everybody should be looked after at the end of the day, and that that's how the world should be. We should all be healthy and looked after. But you can't keep ploughing billions and billions and billions of pounds of money when there's people suffering in in your own country that are just completely getting ignored it's 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 got it's abhorrent in my eyes it really is well you see i i thought your tweets were very humanitarian because what what you're really saying is well if you're going to have some sort of you know musical get together live aid two, whatever you want to call it then how about we raise money for the people you've just talked about matt and there's yeah. there's large numbers of them quietly ignored quietly forgotten so yeah. so i i agreed with that but the other the other angle on this one that i thought about was like historically the whole world of music has by and large been anti-war you know going all the way back to the 60s john lennon give peace a chance all that stuff and and, yeah. and i find it remarkable matt that in in 2023 it appears that a significant tranche of the music industry want to give war a chance do you, do you not think that's weird it's I do. Well, I do and I don't because I've kind of seen behind the scenes on a lot of it and, and money and greed and egos all tend to find a way to match up together. Um, and it's really, really unfortunate. I mean, and like I've said, most of the people that are on that newspaper report, you know, Bono, Pink and, you know, they're all fully bought up and paid for. You know, I mean, you see Bono out there and he's another one who went out there to the Ukraine, supposedly posing for yeah. shots with Zelensky. Yeah. You've yeah. got Pink doing Pfizer adverts in the US. Yep. You know, they're all bought and paid for. So it's not surprising there. I don't think they actually see the, the, the truth that's coming out. I think they just like, like fingers in ears. It's like, let's just carry on. The millions are coming in. I mean, John Legend's another one. He's done some yep. vomit-inducing commercials over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do exactly what you said. I think it's absolutely disgusting. Um, but like going back to the 50s, 60s and 70s, I don't think... Um, it, it, I think it's to do with the fun, financial game. People were still like working class. They had to be talented and get out there. And when mm. they got the money, yeah. it was um, it wasn't nowhere near on the scale of the, the money they get nowadays. I mean, pop stars nowadays—they're not millionaires; they're billionaires. I mean, if you look at Beyonce and Jay Z, I mean, they could buy small countries if they wanted to. Back in the yeah. days, even like the Beatles and Elvis and all that, they were nowhere near. I mean, even Michael Jackson, who was one of the biggest artists in the world, he couldn't. He couldn't even bring on what Beyonce was touching. Um, so I think it's greed. And I think once they're in that kind of unity of people surrounding them, where they're all the same, it's like that little club. Um, I think it's very hard for them to get out of as well because they're kind of, they've given a part of their soul to be part of it. And I think it's hard for them to remove themselves from that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you use that expression, they've given their soul to be in that situation because yeah. sometimes I wonder... But in the music, well, it's, it's true of many industries, I guess. We shouldn't just focus on music. Um, but nonetheless, I just wonder what kind of deals are done with some of these people. Are they just so stupid they don't know what, like, take Pink, for example. I mean, take mm. her. 
So, so as you say, a big Pfizer fan and all of that there. Can she be so oblivious, Matt, do you think, to the, you know, the outcomes that some, a lot of people have had, not least in America, from the Pfizer jabs? Or, or, or does she just not care? Or is it something even darker than that? What, what do you think? I think it's an amalgamation of all three, Dave. I really do. I think because they get so big, um, they do think they're untouchable. And when it gets to that point, then they do live in their own little world, which is where, well, I'm in my world. Your world doesn't concern me anymore. So I'm, I'm quite happy to ignore all mm. that stuff that's going on, as long as it doesn't affect me. And a lot of people are that. Money doesn't even have to come into it sometimes. As long as their little bubble of life isn't affected by anything, yeah. um, they don't care about other people. And I think we've seen that a lot over the last three years with people that either believe what's going on or don't, that because COVID apparently has vanished now, it's all gone. Um, mm. Everything's back to normal. So as long as it's not affecting their little lifestyle, well, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you keep preaching about? What are you still moaning about? You know, okay, some people died from the vaccine, but you know, it's over now. It's like, seriously, you know, you, is that really the way you're thinking of things? Can I ask you, Matt? I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, you're well experienced inside the music industry. So is this not as much of a... I mean, I was very surprised about this uh, because I had naive illusions, naive, up until 2020, about perhaps the music industry. I have no illusions about anything now, by the way. <laughs> All my illusions have gone. But yeah. you would have been much more savvy in terms of how things operated. So... so did it not come as such a big shock to you to see them all turned into salespeople for Pfizer and for lockdowns and for all the rest of the crap? It, it did come as a shock um, because obviously I knew there were people like the ones we've just already mentioned. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise there were so many. I didn't realise there were so, so, so many. Um, mm -hmm. Because as you said right at the beginning of this interview, it's like, you could put on one hand the amount of musicians that have actually stood up against mm -hmm. the whole narrative. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I, and I tell you something else as well. I don't know if it was Fred or Richard Fairbrass. Both said there's two. You, you shouldn't get them confused because you have the music industry and you have the music business. And the music business is people in offices trying to make money, stabbing people in the back. The music industry is the bands and the artists. Mm, and okay. that's two separate entities. You know what I mean? If you're if you're in the music industry, you're doing it for the right reasons. If you're in the music business, you're doing it purely for money. And that's yeah. two different entities. Mm. Um, mm. And I think what's happened um, of late is the fact that the industry and the business are crossing over and there's no kind of clear lines anymore. It's becoming a blur. Um, mm. and, the, and the kind of money that's involved... Um, is ridiculous it really is ridiculous and there's no there's nobody out there fighting against the system anymore there's no sex pistols or nope. you know no not no that's what nope. we needed you know and i thought there would have been more but i was absolutely completely shocked and i thought it would have been lefties as well that were doing it <laughs> it was like wow what's going on <laughs> well, well yeah i mean that, but that's the whole point the music industry the, the music industry even let's call it, using this specific term has always been pretty much off the off the left you know all the people that i've liked over all the decades they're they're all from the left and i've always yeah. been able to divorce in my mind you know their politics that's fine yeah. that's their business all i care about is the music and all that kind of stuff you know but They've all been like almost you know universally, Matt. They've all been allowed themselves to be part of it. 
Now, yeah. some I, I guess some of them were, you know, the propaganda, the, the government propaganda worked on them just like it worked on, you know, most of us, 90% of society. So I can forgive them a bit in that sense, but it's, it's still remarkable, as we were saying, you know, in an, in, in an industry where there's, you know, many, many thousands and thousands of artists and, uh, and performers and all of that to have literally just a really, you know, a handful, maybe a dozen or two of, of rebels in an yeah. industry which is supposed to be about rebels. Well, it is. I mean, I was I was shocked, uh, but more disappointed, if I have to be brutally honest, because growing yeah. up, I, I used to listen to bands. I mean, one band that always used to spring to mind for me growing up listening to the lyrics was Simply Red. Um, yep. And I remember a concert they did at um, Wembley Arena and it was there was George Michael, Katie Lang and Simply Red. Um, and I think it was a HIV or AIDS tri uh, mm. tribute thing. But Diane, uh, Diane, Princess Diana was attending. Yeah, and he sang one of his songs called "Come to My Aid," and I remember the one line in the lyric is it, it was "You've got to care about your fellow people," and I remember him walking around the circular stage and pointing at her, you know, telling you've got to. And now, through this narrative we've gone through, it's like they're all on the same team. It's ridiculous. You got like yeah. Mick Hucknall backing the shit that's coming out of Prince Charles's or King Charles, whatever. You yeah. know, they've all kind of joined the same club, and I'm absolutely gutted. And the reason I took a stand so much is because of a lot of reasons, you know, personally with my situation with the band and my, my own health. But there was only the Freds at the time. There was only the Freds out there, champion. I thought, God, they need backup, man. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, there was no, literally nobody out there, you know. So that was one of the main reasons I thought, God, these boys need a bit of backup. Well, I think you provide very, very good backup, but maybe just for the benefit of particularly, I guess, uh, my American um, viewers, uh, Matt, maybe just let's sort of just dive back into your own circumstances in terms of with UB40 and then what mm. happened with UB40 during that. So maybe just again, give us a quick summary of, you know, what, what you personally went through. A quick summary was back in uh, the early part of 2020 when this all started to kick off. It was um, right. Um, we stopped touring. We finished touring, um, which for me was normally a nice thing because we're on the road so much being at home. Um, the thought of lockdown, in a sense, I was kind of used to because that's what you like doing because you've been traveling so much. You kind of yeah. shut yourself and hibernate, you know. But when it went on and on and on and on, it was like, well, OK, and then this, uh, I need to get out again. You know, it's like being caged. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think what, what happened was that they, they, they kind of gave us a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel saying that, you know, within the next, I don't know, four or five months, it, we may be able to reopen venues again and put some shows mm. on and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but obviously we're going to stipulate there's going to be some regulations as to how we're going to do this and what have you. So UB40's management got in touch with all of us and said, look, hopefully we can get back on stage. Um but we're all going to need to have the COVID vaccine to do this because that's what it's going to be mandatory. We need to have the vaccine. And to be part of this, you need to go and get it. Mm. Um, so prior to that, I'd had, well, I still have a condition called um, fibril atria. Oh, God, what's it called? I've got a regular heart. Um, yeah. I'm going to say it's fibril. Is it fibril at? Atrial, atrial fibril, atrial yeah. fibrillation. There we go. We got it in the end. That gets your um, top, top marks in the, on the Scrabble board if you get that one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, so 
I'd had the flu vaccine prior to this because after I had the cardio version, which put my heart back into rhythm, mm -hmm. they suggested because I was vulnerable to have the flu vac. So, you know, trusting the doctors as I did at the time, mm -hmm. I went and had the flu jab. Within 12 hours, I was taking a shower on the night and a growth had come up onto my lymph node the size of like half a tennis ball right mm -hmm. under my armpit. Um, and it was extremely painful. Um, and my other half said, look, you need to go to the doctor to get this checked out. And I said, well, no, just leave it. It might be just because of the vaccine. It might have just set off, you know, my glands or whatever. Mm. Um, within mm. the next 24 hours, it started to go down. But whatever it did, it threw my heart back out of rhythm again. So for me, having like a SARS vaccine was not even really on the table because... Mm. Mm. of what it had done to me in the past and the band knew this the management knew this i've been in i've been hospitalized before shows within a regular heartbeat um so they knew the whole situation so this went on for a few months blah 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 i'm trying to do it really quick for you dave um no, it's okay take your time and, yeah and then what happened was um they they came back to me again and said look you need to go and have the vaccine everybody's had the vaccine in the band apart from you um so if you want to carry on you need to go and do it so my other half said well what you need to do is get it in writing. So if you can get it in writing and stipulate that unless I have the COVID vaccine, I am no longer allowed or permitted to perform with UB40 featuring Ali and Astro again. Uh, so I sent that to them and they replied with, yes, that's correct. Uh, these are the regulations. This, you know, this is what's going to happen so we can perform live. So that's correct. So it, uh, what, none of it was even in a phone call. It was all done in text message. You know? yeah. So after 12 years of service, it was just like, well, see you later then. So from that point on. Shocker. You know, this, is, this is me now fighting against the, the system, you know, and fighting against um, a left-wing bank that's kind of sat on the fence and jo jumped into capitalism, you know. They were famous for that, oh, you know, yeah. back in the day. Like, yeah. And, um, and here we are. Here we are. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the situation regarding the concerts. So th this was the whole thing. I, I remember this, that, that when, the, when the, they started to reopen, yes, the conditionality was that if you wanted to go, you had to have a job. So that's fine. I'm yeah. not going. Not going. But, yeah. but I wonder, do you think all of those bands and singers and whatnot, do you think they all took the job Matt, do you think they actually took it or did they take the you know a bit of sailing yeah. or did they actually take it? What do you think? No, I think they did, yeah. I think I really do think they did. Um uh, the whole of the, the band that I was with, yeah. Um yeah. I mean I'm not gonna say whether it was or it wasn't with, with Astro, you know, but uh, you know, six yeah. months after he'd had it, you know, unfortunately he sadly passed away. I'm not gonna say it was the vaccine because I don't know. No. But he's quite, you know, no. ironic. Um, mm. I mean, Ali Campbell himself, uh, I saw pictures of him the other day, and he's half the person he used to be. He's lost so much weight. He looked good. He looks awful. Um, mm. But th this was the thing. When, when I left the band, there was no kind of um, opportunity to, like, for, to, to kind of come to an arrangement where they say, well, if you want to do the shows, okay, you don't have to have the vaccine, but we'll do testing would test before the shows and yeah. maybe yeah. yeah there was none of that um and ironically the first show they did back which was in leeds in millennium square they had to cancel because two of the band members that were vaccinated tested positive for covid 
So they had to cancel the show anyway. So that was a little bit of sweet justice there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. There, there, in fact, there was so much of that, wasn't there? It was so funny in, in a way because it, it, it was happening with band after band after band. I, re I remember gleefully chuckling at them because they'd been good little boys and girls, gotten their jabs, and then, of course, the inevitable the, the, yeah. the vaccine induced damage happened to them. But uh, yeah, but here, here's a question: Was it the promoters, Matt? That we're insisting in this, you know, who was? So there's a picture of, um, yeah, yeah Ali, Ali there. Mm, yeah. yeah, looks yeah. great. Um, looks so healthy. The elixir so of well. Really <laughs> <laughs> a ray of sunshine there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Was it the promoters, or you know, where was the insistence on being jabbed coming from? In your um, opinion. I think what it was, it was all a bit of Billy bullshit at the time because what the management was saying was that the, the promoters were stating that it had to be in some way part of the insurance clause that everybody was vaccinated against COVID. Now, I don't know any insurance company at the time would insure you against catching COVID. Yep. Because it, there's just, just no way. You know, they'd be handing out payments left, right, and said, oh, yeah, I've got COVID. I tested positive, especially with the tests that were reliable. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got COVID. I've got... It just wouldn't happen. Mm. Um, so I do think there was an agenda on their behalf regarding me. Um, but also the excuse of, well, we were just following what the government, you know, the guidelines. And they were guidelines. They, they weren't, you know, law. Um, and there sure. could have been arrangements made. You know what I mean? Um yeah. So it was it was all a bit naughty, really. And it kind of, for me, it just fell into the category of the same as the carers that had been in care homes and looking after people. You know, I, I always use the name Maureen, but like, you know, she'd been working in care homes for 15 to 20 years, doing the same job she'd done every single day. And then all of a sudden they mandated the vaccines. Yeah. And it was like, sorry, Maureen, unless you have it, love, you, in six weeks, you're going to have to leave. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, what what does Maureen do about the rent? What does Maureen do about her mortgage and putting food on the table? And you know, for me, that's the reason because I had a like I wouldn't say it was a huge platform, but I had some form of a platform. I had to kind of support these people because it was it was disgusting the way they were being treated, and nobody was talking about it. the mainstream media weren't acknowledging any of this. Oh, no. You know, there was no. it was ridiculous. So mm. it, the people need voices, you know, and the, the mental health problems that people went through as well because nobody would listen the amount of suicides that were counted over that period of time because nobody would listen you know or acknowledge was disgusting yeah i mean well, can, can i ask you uh, actually matt so wh whereabouts do you actually come from is it like birmingham area yeah. yeah yeah i'm so, in birmingham yeah so, so i mean i would have imagined I, I know birmingham so if you look at like some of sort of inner city birmingham being locked up can't have been, you know, in, in a small apartment or a flat with no with no way of being able to get out uh, out under the, you know, into the open. Must have been bloody awful. So any no wonder people's mental health went down like you know so fast. You know, and and yet where are all these great like the UB forty thing made the whole thing about sort of you know speaking up. Oh, we're the one in ten and all of that. There. Turns out they're not. They're the 99% who went 100% with the establishment line. You yeah. were the bloody one in 10. Or one isn't it one. ironic? It isn't really it? is ironic, isn't it? You know, it's, um, <laughs> I, 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 because I, I have suffered with mental health myself over mm -hmm. the last 
20 odd years since my mother passed away with depression yeah and i know how to deal with it and the part of the lockdown that i explained to you just earlier yeah. was that as long as you have well for me anyway uh, as long as i had something there like a light at the end of the tunnel that i could work towards even yeah. if it was like a year away I knew I had to get through those months because it would be there. So when they moved the goalposts, yeah. thinking I'm going to go, okay, well, we can get back to work now. At least I can get out and do what I love. And then they go, oh, no, you've got to go and get vaccinated to go and do it. It's like that. Was, so I can't imagine, like you say, even like students as well that were in student unions, stuck in those small little rooms, yeah. not being allowed out by the security guards and, you know, all these old ladies on their own, you know, and I, I can't, it, it blows my mind. I can't, it's so fucking disgusting. I can't deal with it, you know. Yeah, because you mentioned students there. I mean, that, I'm glad you brought that one up because that was something that really surprised me. Uh, I mean, a long, long time ago, I believe it or not, I was a student. And, and, and back then, the whole thing was, you know, you, you went against whatever, whatever, the government and the establishment told you you did the opposite that that was yeah. kind of the point of it right so yeah. i couldn't believe in 2020 21 that all the young people uh the students and, and you know and others of that age group they, they all seem to go with it and and, yeah. and and get their jobs and and accept the tyranny and i was so shocked about that were you mad how did you what did you think about that um i i think it was a 50 50 i, I mean they're a different generation to us, Dave. And I think yeah. I remember somebody saying the other day that my generation, because I was born in the 70s, were kind of really the last generation to understand what it felt like to be completely free, um, which is, mm. Mm. Um, you know, not bound to technology. And not, they're, yes. they're completely different kind yes. of um, human beings now. Um, and they deal with it in different ways. And I think if the information that comes through onto the Android or onto the smartphone is telling them that this is what they need to do to carry on living, then, you know, I would say at least 85 to 90% of them go, well, this is what we need to do. Um, mm. There was a, for me, yeah. there was a lot of kids that went to uni. Um, I mean, university for kids is, they all love it because they're all out there. They're all getting pissed for the first year. They're all doing yeah. the freshman thing. Yeah. They're away from home, yeah. but they're still kids really. And they're still children. And when things like this happen and the shit hints the fan, the first thing kids want are the parents because that's their security. Yeah. So when they're stuck in a room and they're told by a big burly security guard that they can't leave, yep. th their mental health starts to diminish and they start to stress. And doing what we're doing now with your parents it is not good enough. They, they need that you know, paternal and maternal support face to face. They need hugs. They need reassurance. Mm. And it's just going to keep going down and down and down and down. And these people didn't give a, a, a toss, you know. And this is yeah. why kids were killing themselves in these um, flats or wherever you call the halls of residence. And it was disgusting. It was absolutely nobody cared. Nobody was reporting it, you know. 15, uh, 16, 17, 18-year-olds hanging themselves. In the, it is disgusting. Because I think that's one of the things that music achieves. You mentioned the word. There's a humanity. There's 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 a connection thing that happens between that that that's kind of unique. I think um, other forms of art maybe, but but I feel it always very strongly between music. There's a there's a real thing there. A human touch. A human a human connection. And yet, as you yeah. said, that 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 was denied all those um, all those kids at, at, yeah. at that pretty vulnerable age group actually you know so that, that that was a pretty inhumane thing for the monsters who were in charge back then 
to do really. It's disgusting. I mean, it, they, yeah. they always say, it's that saying, isn't it? Is it twice, twice, once an adult, twice a child? Mm. And mm. if you kind of put it to, you know, that age bracket where they're all at university, mm. they're, they're very much on the brink of going from childhood to adulthood. So yeah. they're very influential. Um, and the same as when they're at an age where they're in their 70s and 80s and they're in care homes, more 80s, I would say, than 70s nowadays. But um, they're very vulnerable as well because they've brought all their kids up. They've gone off and flown the nest. They're doing their family. So they're left alone and they're vulnerable. They need that compassion. So yeah. to get yes. those two yeah. right where it hurts, that was horrible, horrible to witness. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing, though, I mean, I don't want to completely absolve them because a lot of those 20, 21 year olds, 22 year olds, they took the job so they could go on holidays. And, oh, and I've, yeah. I've been very critical yeah. about that. And then my, my wife's turned around to me and said, and by the way, she was at university with me, so she's known me a long time. She says, yeah, but if we were that age again, if we were 21 again and your summer holidays were coming up, and you were being told, listen, if you're going to travel, you need to take one of these uh, totally safe, totally effective vaccines. And everybody's telling you that they're safe and effective, including all the pop stars and all the rest of it. Maybe maybe there's an explanation why so many took it. What, what do you think? I completely agree. I completely agree. But this yeah. is why they needed their parents to advise them properly. Because mm. you know what it's like when you yeah. were young, and, and like I see my kids. Until you're older and you have kids of you, you, they don't see the danger in anything. They don't, you know. And they, they go out and they do it. Along. I'm like, you what? And you did this and you did that. And it's when you're older, you go, oh, you can't do that. You shouldn't be doing that. And don't do that. And I think it's it's like what you've said. They don't see the danger in possibly having a vaccination that could kill them because they want to go to Tenerife, they want to go sunbathing and get to Ibiza and listen to dance music. And having a little jab in their arm, he's like, well, if that's all we got to do, then, you know, who cares? Well, I, I, I can say one of the most heartbreaking things that I saw during the last couple of years was whenever they opened, you know, the pop-up vaccination centres, and they opened one in a shopping centre um, near me. And I mm -hmm. used to be in it, and I'd walk past, and I would see mums bringing in their teenage kids Matt, to, to be jabbed. And this is yeah. for, for your point about, you know, you need parental leadership. But these these parents were bringing their kids like lambs to the proverbial slaughter. And I remember yeah. just shaking my head and just, you know, in despair. But what, what can you do? You know, I mean, they're the parents. It's, that's their kids. And they, yeah. what, what can you say? Well, I, I, I definitely, over the last three years, have had it clarified that there are genuinely two different types of human beings on this planet um and there's the people like us which they supposedly called the conspiracy theorists and then and i hate this so much but the, it's, there's the sheep you know yes yeah. um yeah and <laughs> it, it's it's absolutely mind-blowing because i the level of um psychological warfare that the government have put on these people brainwashing yeah for yep. want of a better word i understand where they're coming from because it's that typical that the, the thing that winds us up when we're trying to give somebody advice or we research something we know that for factually yep. that it's right and and they're talking about the government and they're like oh they're trying to kill us are they and they're rolling their eyes that's what winds us up but yep. they actually yep. truly yep. believe that the government are there to help them why would the government want to kill them 
So they're implying their knowledge or lack of knowledge, rather, um, onto their children. And they, their children will grow up the same, probably, you know. Um, and, and somebody always said to me, it's like when kids are at school, there was two types of kids. And there was always the kids that didn't really listen in lessons and they were always messing about. Yeah, And they, they say subconsciously it's because they knew they were listening to a load of bullshit and they didn't want to take in what they were listening to. And then you all that also had the kids that were the SWATs. They were like, you know, they had everything. They were revising. They did all the homework. They stayed for yes. extra classes. Yeah. And this is where the level is because subconsciously, I think, we were prepping ourselves not to believe anything because everything just turned out to be a bloody lie yeah. over the well, last three years. Yeah, no, yeah, but that's a, that's a brilliant point you've made, actually. You know, in a way, um, we have seen the separation between those who essentially believe everything they're told and those of us who will critically reason and think. And I don't yeah. know about you, but like if, if I look back to 2020 and my views on a lot of these issues and now, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't believe anything about COVID was in any regard uh, accurate or truthful or, you know, I, I just don't believe, I don't believe any of it. The problem is that at least, what, 70%, maybe 80% of the country went with it. And they now know that that's a level of, um, you know, power they can have. But I, yeah. I wanted to jump back to music again because I keep see. I remember again music back in the sixties. Bob Dylan, people like that. There, they constantly wrote yeah. songs, and in the seventies as well, the whole punk thing. Everything was uh, challenging, questioning. Think for yourself. Yeah. Don't believe the government. How the hell did we get to the point where it's oh, totally believe the government? How did you know that that does amaze me? And, and even the younger bands coming up, they mm. they're compliant and they go along with it. And, and uh, you know, yeah. So, uh, so I think you see music, the, the sphere you're in. I think it's really, it's really influential, Matt, and it's it's very important because y young minds, in particular, pay a lot of attention. I, I tell you what, I, I genuinely think it is. It's back in the day in the '60s that the government had no control over what bands put out there. Even into the '70s and maybe early '80s, they had no control. Yeah. I do think there's a level of psyop even through as we were talking before, the music business. The yes. Artists, once they get to a certain level of fame and success, are placed into a position of responsibility, not just to their audience, but to who are providing their finance as well. So whatever lyrics they're putting out there, it's kind of um, they're, they're systemed into putting these whatever words kids are listening to whatever and I, i've noticed it before this the, what's mm. the word i'm looking for it's a uh, conditioning there's yep. conditioning through the lyrics and and it's scary you know and even in the image of what these people are wearing like rihanna and the, the signs for the illuminati and oh, madonna yeah. and all this kind of thing it all links in hand to hand back in the 60s you never had any of that you know agree so here, here here's another question so do you think that there's a level of Satanism in the music industry. Oh, my God. I think it's built on it. Absolutely mm. built on it. You know, and I think a lot of the artists that um, even go back to people like John Lennon, I think there was a level of it in the 60s with the financial side of it that they were tempted into it. I mean, there's all the rumours around the Beatles that, that they were, were yeah. put together anyway. You know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think 
when you present somebody from a working class background with thousands and thousands of pounds, even up to millions in the sixties mm. and seventies, that's yeah. just life altering, family altering, even going through decades of your family, they're never yeah. going to have to work again. Um, yeah. But some people, once they've achieved everything and they've lived that life and they've done the holidays, they've had the cars, they've had the women, they've done the drugs, sex and rock and roll. When you're sitting there in your armchair, just swirling a brandy, smoking a cigar, yeah. you sometimes then start to think of the bigger picture and you sometimes start to get a conscience as to how many people have had to pay for your lifestyle and what mm. you've kind mm. of yeah. ignored or turned the cheek and not noticed to, to get that far. Um, and I think people like John Lennon was one. I definitely think that he kind of realised what was actually going on and he decided to make a stand and put his voice out there and then he was silenced. He was. You know? yeah. Yeah, I think people like George Michael would have been one before this, would have definitely stood up against all this narrative. Uh, people like Prince... I think Prince would have stood against this narrative because he was talking about it before the, the convict thing. And he said, I'll get, it's a pattern of where we had all these artists that were silenced and just died before 2020 for some, you know, do you remember all the, the icons well, like Prince died and Bowie died? and Bowie? Oh, yeah. I, Why? I, I think Bowie's another, I think Bowie's another one. I think Bowie, he was well aware of how it operated, but towards the very ah. end, that that last album, Black Star, I think that was as close as you could get to an admission of some of the stuff that goes on. That they're all the pressures that they uh, and yeah. the, the deals that they have to do. It must be absolutely catastrophic weight on your shoulders to put up with that. You know, I mean, at the time when you're living that life, I suppose you don't really care because you're you're in full speed. You got your seatbelts on and you're going hundred mile an hour down the motorway. Yeah. But once you start to slow down and realise and, you know, you, you get bored of all those different things that you've been doing, it, conscience does come into things and you do start thinking and, you know, reflecting on how did I get this? Who suffered for me to get this? You know, in, mm. it, it's, 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 it's a horrible business to be part of, you know. I mean, people always say, if you love music that much, don't get involved in it professionally because it will ruin it for you. It takes the spirit away. Um and it's the spirit that gets you there in the first place, but it, it's definitely not there in the end. Yeah, you know? it's interesting. I can see a lot of comments uh, in agreement on the whole Satanism aspect into popular music. Actually, I mean, we've, we've seen it recently, Matt, uh, and I'm not sure if he's trolling us or, or not, but this individual, Sam Smith, uh, the Fisher them, uh, <laughs> I mean, doing that, do you remember he did that uh, video and they're, they're all dressed in Satanic costumes? I mean, yeah. is, was that signalling or was that just trolling or well, what do you mean? What what did you make of that? I think um, I think you see it's, it's that famous saying, isn't it? That it's, things are always best hidden in plain sight. Um, yeah, and I think that has definitely been the case for this de over the last twenty years, most definitely. Um, mm. But over the last year, this is just become. It's, it's like rubbing your nose in it. It really is like rubbing your yeah. face in it. Yes, we know you know what we're doing, and we're going to give it to you even more, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's mm. how it feels to me. Um, yeah. And then yeah. with him going on again to, to, to this they and them and the pronouns and all that shit, yeah. I, can't, I can't cope anymore. I'm, I'm losing the will to live. 
yeah, I, I, but the, but you know, you talk about this, the deal they do with the devil. Like, yeah, another lots of lovely images of Sam here, but but the guy actually had a good voice. I mean, I, at the very beginning of his career, which isn't that yeah. many years ago, by the way, I mean, he could sing and he looked kind of normal. And then you know, Matt, you you look at then and now, and as you, like those images we've just looked at, and you think. Yeah. You know, is it just pursuit of money and is it pursuit of a form of... Yeah, I mean, look at that. Normal. Yeah, he went through the door, Dave. He said, that's yeah. what they say, they went through the door. You know what I mean? The door to, yeah. You go through the door. And, and then when you, once you go through the door, it's explained to you, I suppose, that everything is limitless and you can have whatever you want. You've just got to keep your mouth shut and get on with it and do your job. Um, or you stay yeah. relatively low like artists and just carry on and earn a decent living. You see, I do music because I live it. I don't do music because of the money. You know, obviously we all need to live and we all need to be comfortable, but yeah. the mega millions I'm not interested in. It doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. But some people, that's the whole reason they do it, you know, and mm. obviously he's gone through the door. And once you go through that door, you can't go back because you know too much. You know, that, that, yeah, that's what I was going to say to you. Is it because when they go through the door and and things are explained and they accept it, is part of the deal that you have to keep going? You, you never. I mean, what explains these seventy-year-olds continuing to do concerts and stuff? I mean, surely to God they have enough money by now. Is it? Is there another reason for it why they keep going, or, or what do you put it down to? I, d I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've never been in the position where I've been offered the door, Dave, but I, I just, from people I've met and people I know over the years, yeah. um, I, I suppose it's an obligation that you have to fulfil your role, you know, and you've been given um, endless, you know, jewels or wealth or whatever, uh, the lifestyle that you live in. You're yeah. kind of under a contract to pay that back. So even if you're in your 80s, you're bound and duty bound to go, well, we need some more money, you know, you get out yeah. there and get some cash. I, I mean, it's, it's probably a disservice to je totally generalise this. For example, I went to a concert in London there last uh, uh, November, a, a guy that I've been a big fan of for a long time, a guy called Nick Lowe. And Nick mm. Lowe, uh, who was Elvis Costello's producer, I mean, Nick, yeah. he's 70, uh, 74. And I was chat. it was in a folk club, though. You know, it wasn't, it, yeah. it, it, I, I don't think he made a huge amount of money from it. Let's put it like that. So I do yeah. think there are some people who who probably are okay. You know, there's some of them. But, um, yeah, it just makes me wonder when you look at people like Elton John and whatnot, you just wonder what, or Madonna. Did you see the, the, the <laughs> recent... Did you see it? What, what, what did you the, that video which you put out? Oh my god! I I think Madonna is like I do think there's a um, an air of mental illness with all this as well, you know, especially yeah. people like Madonna. I mean, the woman's in her sixties now, yeah, and she's she's messing around with young lads in her twenties and kissing French kissing them and and, and yeah. whatever she's had surgery wise done to her face to it, it hasn't really improved anything. And, no. you know, I, I, I just think really that you can't really, sh I mean, the whole thing of Madonna was the shot thing, but she's done everything now and there's not really a pensioner doing sexy moves. He's not really shocking anymore. It's a bit no. cheesy no. and horrible, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of sad, but there's an element of like, I would say like yourself, sort of like mental illness, sort of like just really, really sad. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, she's mega wealthy. She's got everything. Yeah, here, here we go. I mean, this is the one. Yeah, I mean, what's that all about, really? I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I didn't. Initially, I didn't even recognize that was Madonna. She, I mean, that's, God, it's grotesque. And, and soon I mean, she would have handlers. There would bound to be people around her who would be, should say, no, don't, yeah. don't put that out. Well, this is the thing, you know. I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't know if you already know, but I, I'm a huge fan of George Michael, Dave. And yeah. George Michael, when he did the Fade stuff, when he first went solo, he was like the biggest artist in yep. the world. And he got signed up in America to Sony and they put him out there on tour for, I think it was 18 months he went on tour for the Faith tour. And it nearly killed him. And he said, I'll never, ever do that again. He said, I'm not bothered about the money. I'm not bothered about anything. All I want to do is my music. I will never tour for a year and a half again. Uh, and he never did. And he never did. And because the thing with George Michael, all he was interested in was the actual music, the writing, the songs, the production, yeah. creating the music. That was his yeah. thing. He wasn't big on limelight. He, he, he hid away from cameras. He was a very private man. Um, for me, that's what music is about. That's what being in the music industry is about. Um, doing what Madonna does. I mean, you would never see George Michael doing that. You would never see Prince doing that, really. Or, you know, they've got a bit of self-respect about themselves. It's like trying to hang on for dear God to whatever she thought she had back in the day. And, you know, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah, no, it really, really is. And, but but she's by no means the only one. That, that's the real no. thing. If, if it was just her, we could look through it. But uh, like you say, increasingly, I see it, Matt. It's it's in your face. They they kind of they're not they're hiding in plain sight. Uh, what yeah. they're, what what they're doing, you know, and and yet they have this influence that music has over again, particularly impressionable young minds. Although I can't believe there's too many, you know, 18 year olds tuning into Madonna these days. I really don't. No, not really, no. But no. this is why she's associating herself with younger artists as well. And and also moving on from that to, to yeah. live music now, Dave. I mean, it, yeah. it was something that I read a report on for the fact that, you know, people are collapsing in concerts now. Yeah. I mean, I know it was, yeah. it, was, it was a comedy show, but Peter Kay, had to cancel one of his well, shows the other day because yep. three people collapsed within, the, and it, you know, and it's not the first I've heard of this. There was a concert the other day where one of the artists on stage collapsed on stage, and it's becoming more and more and more apparent that people, have, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, oh, I think Matt's signal has temporarily dropped. He's back. I'm back. Sorry, somebody was trying to get hold of me. Oh, that, that must have been the satanic forces trying to stop exactly, it. yeah, trying to cut in. But um, yeah, Matt, you're right. We've had all that stuff in the live concerts, people collapsing on stage and and in the audience, uh, and with you know, it, not usually it's alcohol they collapse with. This is not alcohol. This is this no. requires ambulances and yeah. uh, you know. Um, um, cardiac uh, resuscitation and stuff. So it's I very just, worrying to see it. I, I don't understand it. I mean, there was the one um, that really baffled me was the, the American football player. Yes. And he got hit yep. in the chest and he had, they had to do yep. cardiac, on the, and he, they took him away. But when he, he recovered and they brought him back, it was like he was in disguise. He got his hood up, he got glasses on, he got a mask on, and, and yep. it could have really been weird. anybody. It could really have been weird. anybody. Yeah, if if that was me and I'd had a heart attack and I'd recovered from it and I was going back to the field and I wanted to thank all the people that had saved my life and all the fans that had sent me supported me, I wouldn't be stood there in a mask with glasses and a hood up being in disguise. I would say, look, I'm back. 
Yeah. And why didn't that happen? You know, why, why, why are they hiding it? That that was a really strange one, that one. Yeah, I mean, I think I may have been on social media asking the big question, is it is it him? How do we know exactly. it's him? Uh, and as you say, it's so strange, the sort of stuff that's been going on, you know. But I, 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 as I said, Matt, the way I look upon it is music is one of the kind of the a very important element within many people's lives. You know, uh, it affects our emotions. It, it, it gives us, um, you know, uh, comfort. It can mm. excite us. It can do all these important things. So I, I really value music. And I guess that's why, because I value music, I, I've been so bloody disappointed in so many uh, musicians and that, and therefore when a guy like yourself comes along or Richard and Fred come along it's it's so refreshing because th th that shows me that the true kind of artistic spirit continues you know you didn't comply you did i mean it cost a lot not to t i mean i presume you know i mean it's a bit, yeah. yeah yeah i could well imagine you know and so and, and that's a big sacrifice for anyone to make but my argument would be but but yet yeah, but to allow that needle to have gone in your arm once twice how often whatever is that the sort of russian roulette you want to play and well, for me no for you not no always. No, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I mean, people call me, I mean, the Daily Mirror called me anti-vax the other day, it's supposedly saying that me and Richard were having secret meetings in the Parliament with Andrew Bridgen, which is completely false. It's absolutely complete lie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me, I have two reasons. One, the, the, there is no way um, I was going to let somebody stick an experimental jab in my arm that nobody yep. knew yep. the long-term side effects of. Nobody. Um, yep. And also... I knew for a fact that if I did have it, it would have affected me. It definitely would have affected because of my already pre-existing medical condition. So it would have been just like, it wouldn't have even been Russian roulette, Dave. It would have been suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned that you had the flu vaccine. and, and, and yeah. then you had, So was that the first time you had the flu vaccine or had you had it before? Um, I had it about five years before and I had a side effect from it then. Not as bad. See, um, See, the reason I ask is, uh, Matt, because I, I was talked into getting the flu vaccine by my doctor in 2018. I'd never had it before, but he yeah. sort of said to me, you're at an age now, you probably better, you know, best to take it. And I, I, I didn't even think, I'll be honest. I just mm. went, yeah, 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 whatever. And he just whacked it in. I yeah. was on my back for about a week after. I never felt so bad after taking that. And yeah. I knew something, and I was so stupid. I didn't even necessarily connect it. I've totally yeah. connected it now. They'll never yeah. get another needle into me. No yeah. way. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, so that's why, do you not think coming out of that, well, not coming out of it, that's maybe not the right way, but three years into this, our eyes have been, a lot of people, I'm sure everyone watching this, because we're all, this is a truther community we've got here. Everyone's, if we're, our eyes are open. We see through it all. Um, mm. through all that they're doing, you know. So maybe the game hasn't gone the way that they thought. It definitely hasn't gone the way they thought. <clears throat> and you can tell that from, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, all the different narratives that they tried to change. Every day it was India flu, then it was the Omicron, and then it was something else. And then, then the Marburg's coming. And, and now, yeah. oh, well, there's another pandemic, definitely. And now we don't know where it is. It might not be the Marburg, but it's going to be this now. It's going to be Ebola. Or, and this is... Yeah. It's like, they're, they're panicking so badly because they've played all their cards and they're just trying to fuck shit yeah. up now, basically, just for the sake yeah. of it, because it make things, you know. I mean, we all know that the, the, the vaccine was the real pandemic, not the actual, you yes. know. Yep. 
conduit or whatever they call it. And we all know that the vaccines are limited, um, are connected to uh, 5G, and they're also connected to the 15-minute cities. And it's, it's all interlinked and it's all one yep. big plan, but it's all got balls up along the way. So they're just trying to make everything as uncomfortable for us mm. at the minute. Um, until it just all comes apparent. And over the last three weeks, I'd say, it, things have started to become more apparent and people are realising what the hell they're doing there. But I do think the vaccines are... Uh, I mean, God, I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm not anti-vax. I mean, I am now. Oh, I am. Yeah. I wouldn't touch anything for the rest. And I do think that vaccines over time, over the last 50 years, have been responsible for a lot of things. My daughter, after the... I can't... UPV, is it, for the... When the young... Um, yeah. She got um, uh, epilepsy. I mean, when I was born, I did. I was absolutely fine, but I had an, an injection when I was two, and I developed eczema after that. Uh, I do think they're responsible for a lot of conditions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was never anti-vax because I toured the world with a band. I had to go to places like Africa and Asia and yeah. have yellow fever jabs. So I was never anti-vax. But after that flu jab that I had in 2017, I think it was, uh, my God, I'd, never again. I mean, I, I've had yellow fever, but the flu jab nearly done me in. Yeah. So there yeah. was no way I was having an experimental one, you know. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's the H, HPV jab. HPV, that, yeah. That's the yeah. one. Thank, thanks, Leslie, for just... Uh, uh, yeah, thanks, Leslie. Yeah, for sure. Well, well listen, Matt, we've, we've got to the end of our, our allocated time. I just want to say before we go, uh, if we can just... I think we have it in the background. If we can bring up... Matt, I know you've got an an, uh, um, an album out. Uh, just let's bring it up here. Uh, Together we are stronger. Uh, yeah. Uh, strong, strong's the name of the album. I, I was listening to it. I, I have to say, you've got an amazing voice, Matt. Uh, very impressed with your oh, voice. Bless you. Thank you. Thank no, you very no, much. Seriously, it's really. It's it's it, it. As I said earlier, you know, and this is genuine. I just wish there were more people like you. People like Richard, people like Fred, people who had the, the strength of character, which you've shown, um, you, you know. And uh, I, I think because of what the field that you're operating within, Matt, you're, you're very influential. A lot of people will, will will still listen to you, probably even more so now, actually. Yeah. On your strength. And uh, yeah, so I urge everyone go and um, download uh, uh, Matt's. Uh, Strong. Yeah. Go and follow Matt. We're putting all his, his streams, his um, social <laughs> media below. It's very good. Matt, you got great social media, by the way. It's, uh, oh, it's, bless uh, you. Thank lots you, Matt. Of, lots of good, uh, good, uh, good. Well, listen, I'm just I'm purely out there to try and wait. Not, I mean, it sounds horrible to say like, I'm trying to wake people up because I'm, you know, you sound like the Oracle or something, but. I, I, if we can do it in a way where people just the penny drops and people go, oh. God, I get it now. Because once you get it, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it, no. no. You know, and I just that's all I want. For. I just want to help people. I know it sounds stupid, but I just want to help people to see that this is wrong and, you know, help them further their lives and, you know, not kill themselves with stupid bloody vaccination. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I think that's a very a very worthy aim. And as I said, I, Matt, you, you're very inspirational on in what you've done. Keep it going. Thank and, you, man. Uh, and listen, thanks for giving us your time this evening. Much Anytime. Uh, thank you, guys, on the different streams. Uh, thanks for tuning in. So thanks for watching us. And uh, we bid you good night, and we'll catch up later on in the week. Thanks, everybody. Good night from us.